Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, Southern California's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Southern California and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I am your co-host, Anthony Cerdelli. Unfortunately, Husky couldn't make today. He is working at the coffee shop and tending to an under-the-weather family member, but that's okay because we have a very interesting interview on tap for today with Brian Allen. He's a former Ducks defenseman. He played over two seasons in Anaheim. He's a veteran of 721 NHL games. He was drafted fourth overall by the Vancouver Canucks in the 1998 NHL entry draft, and he played in the World Juniors in 1999. So uh, a very interesting interview. Brian was great, and here it is. Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, and uh, no problem for Candy. I can appreciate probably you know, starting a new business and running a business, it's, uh, there's probably always something, and then a family too. So. Absolutely. Um, so starting off earlier in your career, um, speaking to Kent, and we've had Ben Lovejoy on, they kind of talked about the college route getting to the NHL, but you took kind of the other common route. You were highly touted when you were young. You went fourth overall, played in the World Juniors, and then uh, and ended up playing in the NHL pretty early. What was that experience like and the expectations for you? Um, you know, I think it kind of came in, in different stages. Um, growing up in Canada, um, it was, you know, the hockey mecca and, and everyone was looking for the fast road. And I, I'm not really sure when it kind of maybe um, came to realization that it was an actual reality. Um, I played in the OHL, so I think that was the first kind of decision maker in in, uh, in anyone's youth hockey when they're um, – you know, looking to go to the NHL, I think you had the options of going to college or going through the OHL when you're, um, or, or the CHL in Canada. Um, and, and it's kind of, you know, unfortunate rules, I would almost think, because you're making that decision. I made it that when I turned 16 um, and gave up my eligibility to go to college. Um, and luckily it worked out. But, you know, it's a lot of times when kids are in that position now, it's, it's hard to know and uh, things change quickly. But so as soon as I played, I left home at 16. Um, I was drafted to the Oshawa Generals and uh, spent my you know, two years there and I was drafted uh, to Vancouver fourth overall. So, um, like I said, I was fortunate that it, that it worked out and, and, you know, it's hard to remember back exactly the pressures. I think it's just, you know, you're in that environment of, um, such a focus on hockey that mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you just keep, you're just in it, you know, you just keep going and you don't maybe, I think you're maybe a little naive and, in, in uh, 
still being a kid and a teenager, that uh, reality didn't really set in probably until it was really close. Um, but I do know that you know after um, I got to Vancouver and, and realized that the difference between maybe CHL media and NHL media, um, and then going to a Canadian market, it was uh, it was pretty intense for me. And I remember it uh, it was it definitely felt like a lot of pressure. Um, you know, and then, um, you mentioned world juniors. I had the opportunity to play world juniors. I was 18 at the time, but, um, so I was a year younger than most guys and it got to play in, it was in Winnipeg. Um, ooh, ooh, chilly. What an experience that was. <laughs> yeah. It was in the old Winnipeg Jets arena and, you know, to this date, I don't think I played in a, in a louder arena. And what was it like? I mean, you you made your NHL debut at age was it age nineteen or age twenty? Uh, it was actually twenty. Um, oh. So my my first year actually, um, I went back to junior, um, and then the next year I had I'd signed in that May, and then the next season, you know, the plan was for me to play in Vancouver, um, or when I had to go back to junior again um but i um i actually got hurt in training camp and then i had two surgeries i had a surgery on my knee and a surgery on my shoulder um and the surgery on my knee was first and then as soon as i was kind of off crutches i went on i went under and i did my shoulder as well so it was a bit of a tough way to start a career mm -hmm. um uh, but you know what i think you know, looking back on it, things happen for a reason. And I think it really helped me develop sort of that pro mentality. And it kept me in Vancouver for my rehab. Um, and I really got to learn kind of behind the scenes of what it took to be a professional. And uh, just the commitment and the hard work and the, and the, the details. And um, yeah, so I, I think everyone's going to get hurt in their career. And, and unfortunately, I did at other times as well. Um, but it really prepared me of, of how to get through injuries, deal with injuries and, and sort of that adversity early in my career was, um, you know, maybe a blessing in disguise. You mentioned learning to become a pro kind of behind the scenes. There were some, some big names on that Vancouver team on defense. Who were some of the guys that kind of took you under their wing and, and kind of helped you in that process? You know, we had, uh, uh, we had a really really good team early on and actually when i first got there they weren't very good but they were kind of turning the corner um it was even my first training camp i had mike keenan um but he wasn't there the next year mark crawford came in um but but you know ed jovanovsky was was one of the guys that definitely was one of their leaders and and really tried to help the young guys but we had you know especially i remember a guy like murray Barrett that was probably more my style and and you know he was a quiet guy but he was he was a guy that i really looked up to in the sense of of how he handled himself and and you know i kind of had to play his game and and um you know just watching how he how he did things how he conducted himself was was pretty cool to to learn from guys like that um, and when you, you kind of, you moved on from Vancouver to Florida, but it, it kind of in between there was the lockout you played in Russia. What was that experience like playing? I mean, it was a super league back then, right? 
yeah, it was the Super 16 League, and and uh, <laughs> you know, just having the lockout year alone was was you know weird and and hard, and um, I had I had probably just started to establish myself and and my position as playing in the NHL, so it kind of came at a difficult time and a time that probably worried me a little bit just because you know how quickly things can change in a league. And, um, you know, my style of play and, um, I guess eligibility, you know, I didn't go to the AHL and, um, looking for other spots in Europe was, was kind of hard for me. You know, there's a lot of guys that were, you know, going over and, and I knew I needed to play and needed to play somewhere and just to keep up on, you know, the game, because the game changes so quickly and I didn't want to get behind on anything. Um, so the opportunity actually came in Russia, which was, um, you know, a very interesting, unique experience and, and one that really stands out in, in a life experience. Uh, Russia is such a different place than the, in the time that I went in 2005. Um, you know, there's so many stories and crazy stories of how things work there. <laughs> um, but it was good. And I was, I, I remember it was after, I think it was about a week or two weeks. And I was like, I was ready to go home. Yeah. I, I, there's no English and the way I was, um, where I was living, I was in their, their Baza. Um, and most guys, it was, a, it was Bosker, Bosker sense was the team and it was about 90 minutes outside of, uh, Moscow. So most guys would leave and go live in Moscow. And I was in this small little town and, and on those days in between, I was, I was by myself and, and, um, it was, it was hard. Um, you know, but I stuck with it knowing that I needed to play and, and, um, you know, it was good in a sense too, because it was not my typical game. It was a big ice. It was more skilled. It was a lot of skating, but it gave me an opportunity to, um, to work on those things too, with a little less pressure. Um, my coach was, I don't think he spoke any English. So, oh. I mean, even if he was yelling, even if he was yelling at me, he, I it didn't, I didn't know what he was saying. So. Would uh would the Russian players translate for you, or would they just kind of like would you kind of look at look to them to be like, well, what's he saying? Um, you, you can kind of get a sense no matter what language it is of of what the, maybe the message is, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it, the the other Russian players, like there was other um, uh, English speaking Russians that were on the team, um, and you could definitely they were they were so good and and translating if I wanted it to be or they thought I needed to know something. <laughs> um, but for the most part on games, like you could figure out what was what was the message, I guess. The language uh, of hockey. The, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, every, every player knows when they make a mistake. You don't always need to be told. The coaches seem to want to tell you anyway. Um, but uh, probably the hardest part was practices. Cause you'd go to the board and, and they'd be scribbling lines and screaming in Russian and, and you try to stay at the uh, back of the line as much as possible and figure it out as quickly as you can. But sometimes you're thrown into the fire and you'd be quickly asking, you know, maybe your deep partner of, you know, what are we doing? Oh <laughs> man. Playing the whole drill again to me. So, but uh, it, like I said, it was uh, it was a crazy unique experience, but I can still remember to this day the the day I came back and flew into Toronto and coming into that airport and, and like having English speaking around me and English signs and and uh, the appreciation of uh, the English language was was good to have again. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I can't imagine doing drills when you don't know how they're explained. It's like kind of like that nightmare people have where they go up to give like a big speech and they don't have any clothes on or something. I That would be frightening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It, and it just kind of, you just kind of got used to it. You know, you just, whatever, you know, and, and you, um, and you got in line. So, yeah, so like I said, it was a lot, a lot less pressure and I, I learned to have fun with it. And, um, it was, uh, it turned out to be a good, good experience, a good scenario looking back on things. But, you know, in the moment uh, at times it was, it was hard. It was lonely at times and you're such in your head because, um, just because of the language and, no, but a lot of the other guys are really good too. Yeah. So moving on later in your career, you spent a lot of time between Florida, Carolina, and Anaheim. And I guess we'll put it in quotes, non-traditional hockey markets, although they've all had various different success. What, what has, would you say overall, I mean, they're probably all different in their own ways, but what was playing all that time in hockey markets and warm weather, uh, not exactly known to be, uh, I mean, I guess besides Anaheim known to be big on hockey, um, how, how was that? What, what, what would you say kind of, how'd that help your career? Uh, you know, it, it was, um, it was interesting for sure. And, you know, when I was in Vancouver and, and was there for long enough that it, uh, I was very thankful that I had the opportunity to play in my Canadian, you know, more traditional, very traditional hockey market where the, the sport and the team was everything. So it's, it goes from you know 24-hour talk radio to I don't know how many pages in this in the sports section every day and and so <laughs> there is there's such a microscope under you that um, you know I got traded in the summer um, at the draft um, you know which is the first time I had traded which was even a unique experience because it was you know I remember I was at my cottage in in Kingston Ontario and. Um, I was watching a movie this Friday night when they started the draft, the first round on Friday night and didn't have my phone, my cell phone down with me or whatever. And then next thing you know, I cottage phones ring. Nobody ever called even then. And, uh, it picked it up. It was my dad. And he's like, are you watching the draft? And I said, no. <laughs> and he said, well, looks like he just got traded. Oh. And, um, so sure enough, like I go up and check my phone. There's a bunch of messages and, and, know saw my name on the ticker and and then uh, talked with the I actually don't even think I talked with the GM of Vancouver but that day uh, but just messages saying that yeah you've been traded to Florida and and uh, so that whole shock and and coming totally out of the blue I, I think it was even my exit meeting that year was you know again pretty positive and and you know part of the future and you know all the all the kind of BS sometimes that can be put into a meeting now that I realize it. Um, but, you know, things happen and learn quickly how much of a business it is and, and uh, you know, shifted the mentality and had to go down to Florida to find a place to live. And they were really good about bringing us in early and, and uh, making us feel welcome. But um, it was exciting in a sense that um, you got away from that day-to-day pressure. Um because, you know, there was always speculation and, you know, and when you're in Vancouver and there's 10 sports writers up there every day and every practice of, you know, he's got different tape on his stick today or, you know, what's going on. And it's, <laughs> it's always something. And, you know, going to Florida, you've got a little breathing room, um, which in the beginning was good. Um, you got, like I said, that breathing room, I got a, probably a bigger role. 
bigger opportunity um, on a younger team, a team that was, you know, constantly changing and, and changed every year that I was there, whether it was ownership and management and coaches. Um, it was a different environment. And, uh, you know, they were trying to figure out how to make it work in a non-traditional market. But um, like I said, it was it was good. And then it got hard because um, we didn't have great teams, didn't make playoffs for six years. And, and uh, there was no sort of, consistency and in um, direction i think that was the hardest part every year to year was you know at least they you had a reinvigoration uh, of of uh, doing well but um, we struggled and it was hard and, and i remember even living in you know the warm weather climate and, and being on the east coast and it was um it was like uh um, you know, a destination for holidays for most people. So people would have people coming in and, you know, you have a house or a pool or, or the beach is nearby and, and uh, everyone else is on vacation mode, but I still had to go to work. And, and uh, you know, you had to get used to that a little bit too. So there was, uh, it, it, it was good and, and great experience. And I think it was really good for my career because it, it, like I said, it gave me a, a, an opportunity to have a bigger role and um but but towards the end i i know i had uh, i signed one of my my longest contract it was five years and i had no trade and and uh in my fourth year fifth year playing there um the trade deadline was coming up and, and i think there was seven veterans traded before me i had a no trade clause and i you know constant contact with my agents and and um asking you know it's my name coming up but they want to move me what's going on and he said no you know I, it's been pretty quiet um and uh, uh it was the day of the draft or day of the uh, trading deadline and went to practice and there was a couple of couple guys got pulled off of practice and got traded and and the deadline was at three and and uh, we had a flight to go to carolina uh they bumped it to you know three thirty so they could trade the guys they wanted to and, and uh, they wouldn't be stuck in a flight. Um, and I remember on the way home from practice, you know, going to grab my stuff to get to the plane and my agent, I see my agents calling me. I'm like, Oh man. So sure enough, he calls me and says, yeah, there's a trading place for you to go to Carolina, but you know, you have no trade, it's up to you. And uh, at the time my wife was pregnant with her second child. And so I got home and, and I tell her and she's like, you gotta be kidding me. They, you know, wait for the last minute. And I had about 30 minutes to decide and, and going to Carolina. And, you know, I, I can't thank her enough. My wife, I, I think I lucked out, but she was understanding and, and encouraging. And I think you need to go, you know, you have a chance to make playoffs and um, team that wants you who knows it even if it's not now it might be in the summertime they they want to move you so why not take an opportunity so decided to you know accept the trade and, and went to carolina and um i remember even that day you know a funny story with you know how sometimes the business gets involved and, and i remember calling after to the team services guy i said like um i, I you guys are going to carolina <laughs> playing carolina tomorrow and I said, can, like, I can still go on the flight, right? And fly with you guys there. And she said, yeah, I don't see why not. And I got to check with the GM. And, and sure enough, he calls me with 10 minutes later. He's like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't think it's right or whatever that you come on the, 
on the team flight still, we're going to get you a flight, a uh, huh. commercial flight. So, <laughs> so I'm like, ah, whatever. Okay. So I, you know, they booked my flight and it was a couple hours later, but then that flight was delayed and I didn't leave Florida until like midnight. Got into Carolina at like 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. and, and get to go and we played Florida Panthers the next night. So huh. it was uh, a pretty surreal, um, you know, timing, you know, literally practicing with that team at yeah. the Florida Panthers the day before and playing them the next night. Yeah. Wow. Um, unfortunately, we won. So yeah, was, there you uh, go. Get a little bit of revenge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's um, always different when you play against a team that, uh, you know, your buddies and teammates uh, the day before and the next night you're not. Yeah, that's such a strange, I mean, that's, I don't think that's something you experience in any other workplace. It's very, uh, it's very unique yeah. to professional sports. Um, when you, when you signed in Anaheim as a free agent, uh, what were the motivators for you to sign there? I mean, obviously uh, the contract probably was, the offer was probably pretty good, but were there other, were there, what were the kind of the, the ingredients that, that went into your decision? Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, it comes down to a family decision at that point. I had two kids and, and um, uh, that was a big factor. Um, uh, Carolina, before that um, that last trade deadline and, and coming into it, I, I I had a year left, so I finished that last season when I got traded. Then I had the next season I played in Carolina and coming to that trade deadline, we didn't have a very good team and knew I was going to be a free agent. And um, Carolina had offered me a two-year deal, and I really wanted a three-year deal just in my you know, age and, and uh, a little bit of history with, with some injuries. And, and I think that might've been some hesitation by some teams um, for that third year. Um, but I, I felt like I, I wanted to get it ordered to myself. And, and uh, when Anaheim called, it was a three-year deal. And so that was one of the criteria that I was looking for. And then, and then even looking at the team, um, you know, I think, Bruce had come in um, the second half of that season and they, they were playing really well um, and finished. I don't think they made the playoffs that season, but um, the way they finished and, and uh, you know, the opportunity to have a good team and playing a good team was, was a good motivator. They signed Sheldon Surrey. So they were, they were trying to, uh, you know, put some pieces in place to have a good team and, and, you know, I think the allure of even coming to California was a little bit, it's it's a it's a great place to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's a little bit further even being uh, from the East Coast originally in Canada. Um, if I would never have come to California, I probably would have retired more in Florida or on the East Coast. Um, but you know, I think the biggest deciding factor was that it was a three year deal, knowing my age and and where I was in my career. That that was important and probably the most deciding factor for me. What was your favorite memory from your time in Anaheim that, that stands out the most? You know, I, it, it turned out to be, you know, unfortunately that first part of that uh, season when I first signed here was another lockout. Um, so there's a bit of a delay, but um, I think getting back to the playoffs, you know, we had a good team here and um, it, it was fun to be back in a winning environment where you expected to win every night. And in going through so many years of not making playoffs and, and teams that struggled and 
and finding, you know, motivation in different ways when you know you don't even have a chance to play in the playoffs. Um, coming back to that was a great way to sort of someone in my career is, of playing on a good team. But probably the, the best memory was, uh, and probably I wanted to highlight my career was playing in the uh, stadium series game in, in uh, Dodger Stadium. Oh, wow. I didn't even that. What, I mean, how different is that? I can't imagine. I've, I've seen a game, I've seen a game played at Fenway before, just a college game. And uh, as a fan, it's so weird being in a baseball field, uh, watching a hockey game. It does like the dimensions don't really line up, but what is it like just playing as a player being in there? They talk about the different, I mean, mostly for goalies, like references and reference angles and all that stuff. But what is it like just spatially and, and, and the way it feels skating on that ice? Yeah, yeah, the perception is so different, um, and, it, and it was almost hard to take it as a, um, I don't want to say serious game, but like a league game that it, cause you're, it was so different. Um, it felt like you were playing a pond hockey game, um, which I guess sort of the theory is supposed to be. Um, but yeah, the, definitely the perception of, you know, the puck goes above the boards and, um, you kind of lose maybe where it is sometimes just because of the depth of, of where the fans are and things are outside of the boards. Um, but totally surreal in the fact of, you know, walking out um, in palm trees and, <laughs> and uh, in a baseball stadium. But, you know, once you start playing it, the ice was better than anyone probably could have thought in Southern California would be. But, um, um but just an overall great experience, the, the whole couple of days that you have and the opportunity the day before to speak to your family. And, and um, um, I, I was pretty grateful to be able to experience one of those games. I know um, a lot of teams, there's, there's a couple of teams that get to play in it almost every year. Um, but, you know, playing for Anaheim, I thought there would never be a chance. And when that got announced, it was pretty cool to, uh, to experience and look forward to. Before we continue this interview, let's talk about some personal hygiene. Support for the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you are going to pick any New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their men's grooming products. Just like surgeons don't use butter knives for their important procedures, don't go using a dull instrument on yours. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. Start the new year off right by using the best tools for the job. Your nuts will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. And you're speaking of the playoffs a little bit further back. You, you, you score your first playoff goal in your, I think, your second season with Anaheim. What did that feel like finally breaking through in the playoffs? Uh, I think it was a slap shot from the blue line uh, against the Stars, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for for me and, and my game, I was never a big goal scorer. Um, so being able to score, being in the playoffs again was, was great. And and then being able to score a blast was even, you know, another big moment. Uh, 
to get towards the end of my career. So it was, it was fun. Um, and then kind of talking about, uh, about there's some, you, you were playing for the Ducks at kind of an interesting time where there, there's some leftover guys from that Stanley Cup, but there was also a lot of guys uh, that are currently on the team. Um, who are some characters that stood out to you? Some guys who you, you just were always making the locker room laugh or, or something like that? You know, we had, we had such a uh, good team um, and, and good group of guys. Um, you know, and we had, we also had a good mix of, of older guys and younger guys. It was, you know, um, towards the end that, um, of maybe that era of where they did keep around a lot more um, guys that had some experience. And, you know, playing with a guy like Samu um, was – you know, pretty special. You know, you look on a career that, that he had and, um, you know, he was always uh, a jovial guy and, and fun to be around. And, and the guys like Saku Koizu, <coughs> that, that uh, you know, was a legend in the game. And um, But everyone was a pretty good guy. I don't, I don't know if it was uh, one particular guy, but um, we had a good enough uh, mix of good of, of older guys, veteran players, and 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 younger guys too that that helped with the experience. I think for for everyone, you know, the guys that were older um, playing with the younger guys that that kept you young, and, and uh, maybe older guys that kind of can help show the way and and um, the way the game should be played at, and dealt with at certain times. Speaking of playing games, let's talk sports betting. It's 2020 and we're heading into a new year. And for the first time in a long time, the Patriots, unfortunately, aren't making the Super Bowl. So who's your next pick? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League. Hey, maybe they've got the NHL. They've even got odds on the UFC. And with everybody's favorite Irish nuisance fighting on the 18th, things are bound to get exciting. MyBookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. So you were you were uh, you were kind of you're playing in Han- in excuse me in Anaheim uh, at the height of their rivalry against the Kings. I mean, it's w- when the Kings were winning their cups. You guys still had a lot of cup winning veterans. What what were those games like? Uh, they were they were intense. They uh, they were they were true battles. Um, you know, and, and looking at playing them in the playoffs. Um, the year that they won the cup and, and, you know, looking back on that series and, and what could have been, um, if we had, uh, had, had beat them, you know, being down two nothing in Anaheim and then, um, coming back, winning three games in a row, two in their, their arena. Um, it, it was, it was devastating for, for a lot of us, um, knowing that uh, it was that close for us to beat a team like that and and thinking that, you know, we had a good chance if we could get by them and, and seeing what they did after us, I think it, it hurt even more. Um, but they were they were fun games to play. They were they were battles. They had a big strong team and we had a big strong team and and 
it, it, uh, it, it probably still stings to this day um, um, losing to them in that game seven. I think we should have won game six, but in L.A., uh, sorry to bring up a, a painful memories. Uh, my apologies. I yeah, know, no, no, it's all it's all part of it. They're you know might be painful, but they're good memories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you when you were in Anaheim, I believe you were there. Your first year was, or maybe your second year was the year that they traded Bobby Ryan to Ottawa for for Jacob Silverberg. Correct. Yeah, yeah. What was what was that like, kind of behind the scenes? I remember Ryan. There was kind of some some news that Ryan wanted out, and and kind of being a local guy, he, he does eventually get traded to to Ottawa, and, and you get back Jacob Silverberg, who's become one of the the mainstays on the Ducks right now. How did what was that like behind the scenes? Well, I, I think it was um, you know a little bit shocking, you know. Um, Bobby was was in his prime probably and, and the prolific goal scorer and, and what he can do, um, you know, it, you've got to give a lot of uh, praise and accolades to Bob, to, to Murph for, um, for making that trade and seeing what he did out of Silverberg because you see the player he is now and, and uh, you know, he was young and it maybe took him a little bit. Um, you didn't see the immediate results, but you could see it. He was such a skilled player, and, um, and and it took some time for him. But but um, you know, I think it was shock. And I think any time there's a trade on your team, and one of your teammates, friends, buddies gets gets traded, it's um, it, it's a bit of a shock, um, especially when it was a, a player of Bobby's magnitude. So you overlapped a little bit with William Carlson when he was in Anaheim. And it, I've just always been curious, I mean, what he was like in Anaheim. He goes on to a couple other teams and, and when he's in Vegas, he has absolutely breaks out. Do you remember uh, playing with him at all or what that experience was like? Yeah, I remember uh, a little bit. And, you know, it was his first year, first couple of years in the league. And, and um, there's... Uh, it, it's almost, it, it's shocking. I, I think uh, the question would be more in Columbus. I think they'd be a little bit more shocked of making the trade that they did. But, um, you know, I don't think he was, um, um, I didn't know him to be the wild bill. Um, <laughs> I knew he, he, that nickname came out when he was here, but um, I don't know where he really got that from. But, um, you know, it, it's crazy to uh, to see the player that he's turned into. But again, a guy like uh, Sylvie that that had the skills, had the tools, and and sometimes it just takes a little bit of time and and, and the right opportunity, the right situation, the right coach, whatever um, that uh, you know that uh, makes makes up those stars align for him. Um, Give him the opportunity. I mean, uh, the parity of the game and and the the difference in players is is uh, is crazy, and it's. It, there's so many guys that you almost wonder sometimes what they could have been if they, if they might have had the right situation, the right time and the right coach. And, and um, it can be so hard to get that opportunity. And, and it's all about time in the league. It's, it's crazy. I talk about even in my career and, and having young kids and, and, you know, being around young kids because now it's, it's so hard to make the NHL. And, and I almost put it in perspective and try to say like, even if I was given the same opportunity, again to play the game um it, you know at a young age my parents did everything that they did that i'm thankful for and um you know 
I, I might not make it. I might not have the career I had. I, I, in fact, I probably wouldn't. Um, you know, there's so many different things that come into factor, whether it's, you know, a coach or uh, an injury or an illness. And, you know, you spend time in the minors. And if you don't, if you're not available when they, when they call on you for your opportunity and, and you miss that window, it's somebody else. And, and it's, it's crazy um, sometimes the difference in, in what makes a guy's career and, and, and what doesn't. Um, there's so many good, good players that play in the AHL and um, in Europe. And it's a very, very competitive position in the league. And, and um, you know, so it's, it, it, it's a funny game and, and one that I'm extremely grateful for now. And it's funny when you have a couple of years post-retirement and, and opportunity to look back on things and, and just how fortunate and, and lucky um, I was to uh, to play in the NHL and, and for as long as I did. Last question. How is it? How are things in retirement? How are, uh, what are you up to and, and how's the family? Oh, good. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, I think it's about five years now since I played, which is uh, long enough, but you know, still close enough that there's still uh, good memories, and and uh, it's fun going to games now. The, the the switch is kind of changed. Of of you know, early on, it's you still are still close to the game, and now I I can go to games, and uh, I have a eight year old son, and eleven year old daughter that are both active in sports, and my my son's playing hockey now. Um, so I, I get to get back into the game in a different way. And um, I know for the first couple of years, it was, it was slow and, and um, didn't really want to be around the game just because it turned into such a business and, and it was uh, a long grind, but, but that, that time has given it perspective and, and appreciating it with him again and going to games with him. Um, but, but just finding different things to stay busy in and, and um, um keep motivated in, in different ways and learning different things and, and starting to get into the uh, business world in different ways. Very nice. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. It was, it was, it was a great conversation and uh, good luck going forward. I'm sure we'll bump into each other again. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. That'll do it for episode 18 of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast. Thanks to Brian Allen for coming on. I had a great time interviewing him. I hope you guys all like the interview as well. You can find me on Twitter at Deli Tweets. That's D-E-L-L-I-T-W-E-E-T-S. And you can find Kent on Instagram at Husk under dash Verna. That's H-U-S-K under dash V-E-R-N-A. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.